Are your customer acquisition costs too high? Lifetime values too low? Are you uncertain if your communication strategies are helping or hurting the efficiency and effectiveness of your marketing efforts? Welcome to the Continuous Revenue Marketing Podcast, where the most influential marketers in the world are sharing their insights and lessons on the critical topics they and their chief executives must address daily. How to drive consistent business growth by delivering more revenue through profitable acquisition and customer lifetime value maximization strategies. What you will hear by listening to this podcast are the exact strategies and tactics our marketing experts are using to achieve their critical missions. Hi, I'm Russell Kern, CEO and founder of Kern and Omnicom Agency. I'm joined with my co-host and producer, Elliot Dennis. And I'm excited to start this podcast by introducing two special guests, Nelson Fritas, the Global Chief Marketing Strategy Officer for Omnicom Precision Marketing Group. And he is joined by Manella Austin, a PhD, the Vice President of Research for C-Space. So let's start off, Nelson and Manella, with the question of what is, and give us a little background about C-Space and the CXC methodology. That's part one of the question. And the second is, how is your joint working relationship on this CXC methodology benefiting marketers? I throw it over to you. Thanks so much. So C-Space is a customer agency, and we focus on bringing customers and our clients together to create business solutions for organic growth. So we've long believed that building stronger relationships creates better business results. And, you know, eight years ago, so we looked for a proof point to, to actually make that point in the marketplace. So the CXC methodology is a way to do that. Um, it essentially measures the strength of relationship a customer has with a company from the customer's point of view. And you can use it as a framework, a strategic framework, but also as a measurement system. And um, I think that's how Nelson first encountered um, C-Space and this approach. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's exactly it. I mean, <clears throat> one of the needs that we were seeing in the marketplace were Oftentimes, experiences were merely treated as a communication journey or a communication funnel, and they weren't particularly well measured uh, from an ROI perspective. It was hard for both us and clients to really pinpoint whether a particular tact or a particular experience or a particular something was having an impact either on their bottom line or on their brand. What our CX index and our CX product does is fundamentally bring those two things together. It looks at a customer journey in a much more, not only systematic way, uh, to Manila's point, from, from the customer's perspective, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, what's missing, what's not missing, but allows us to better pinpoint where the areas of pain are for us to resolve them and then put a number behind them, a quantitative number behind them with qualitative behind it to enable us to adjust it and fix it and be able to say, okay, if we do this, we're going to have this impact on either your brand or your or your bottom line, which for us is is a game changer because that's never been available, at least from from our standpoint, for clients to do in a, in a kind of a systematic way. So we're going from qualitative analysis of customer journey to quantitative analysis with predictive outcome and measurement of the changes of the journey to the ultimate outcome that a marketer might want to achieve. Correct. Or even in, in many cases, slightly haphazard, like I, nothing holistic. It was bits and bobs and pieces. It's like nothing really kind of brought it together and made me point to that. It's like an old fashioned tracking study that I can pinpoint it. And I, I know where I stand with consumers. This does that for 
the customer experience. Oh, wonderful. Well, let's get into some more questions and more detail about it. Elliot, I'll throw it over to you to lead off. Yeah. Can you tell us more? I find the CXC index that you guys have as the output really fascinating. So, you know, what makes the CXC index so unique and a game changer for marketers? Sure. Um, we think there's really a couple of things. So first of all, that we take the customer's point of view in creating the actual statements that make up the index. So when you look at the way the customer experience of brands are typically measured, it's often, you know, will you recommend me? Will you buy more from me? Will you like me on social? And it's really... They typically, when we looked at this to develop the index, we found that a lot of these questions felt very company-centric versus customer-centric. And we wanted to help companies become more customer-centric, which we define as like uniquely meeting specific needs of your key audience and not just the rational or the operational stuff that's relatively easy to measure, but those softer intangible and sort of subconscious emotional things that we know drive decision-making and even habits. So the task was exactly how you laid it out, was to take all the qualitative work we've done with customers over many, many years and develop those into some statements that can be quantitatively measured and applied to the customer experience. So what you get are um, statements that express sort of what we think as customer imperatives, things like make me feel proud, make me feel smart for using you, create a sense of belonging, share my values. Um, these days, be a, you know, be an authentic diversity, equity, and inclusion ally. There's a range of, of statements and things that customers are expecting from brands these days that need to be delivered through the experience and, and the brand itself. So um, that's sort of how we got there. We validated it through, you know, we've done seven years of research, seven years of benchmarking this across 18 different industries in the development of the system. We validated it both with measures of customer satisfaction, net promoter score. Um, we looked at gap financials and the relationship between CXC and that for all companies in our index that are um, privately, rather publicly traded. And, you know, we see positive, significant relationships all going in the right direction. So that's how we get to Nelson's point, the number and sort of that you can scenario plan and figure out what's the expected lift I might get if I were to invest in the customer in this way. Does that cover most of it? Yeah, no, it does. Great. You kind of touched on that point I had is what outputs does the CXC index produce for marketers? So, you know, as you described some of those outputs there, can you share some thoughts on you know, what CMOs could do with that output? What are some of the, you know, transformational strategies they can implement at their company with those mm -hmm. outputs? I'll start, but Nelson, you probably want to fill in some because yeah. you got even more ideas on this. Um, but essentially it provides an area of focus. You know, you talked about lifetime value and we've done a lot of work um, studying sort of Pete Fader's method of kind of figuring out like who are the most important customers, not just from a massive, you know, acquire as many as possible, but it retain those ones and please those ones that are most important that are going to be give growth. And so what the CXC framework can do is help um, companies and CMOs prioritize where they want to invest their valuable resources and effort because, you know, those things aren't infinite. So we have to make choices. So where are you going to make, um, where are you going to place your bets to get the most out of it um, at the end? Yeah, I think, um, to, to build on what Manila just said is, I think the the other thing is, we all know that you know experience is a little bit king now for a company, and if you have like a not so good experience, it's just going to like fall 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 to the ground. And the other thing is, that I think if you're um, so many of these categories now are parity, it's hard to break out of them with just your product alone that you're selling. In many instances, your experience could be your new differentiator. And if your experience is incredibly powerful, 
Amazon's. I mean, we, we all know the experiences that we really love, that that in fact could be your new differentiator and your new way of adding value and a price premium for your product and your service. We all want better services. So the experience for me is like also a new differentiator. Uh, and I think that's another quiver or another, you know, important piece for CMOs to kind of pull and drive and drive more value in, 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 into their business. Right. You guys touched on you know, some of the transactional uh, strategies and steps that CMOs can take. And, you know, one thing uh, I played around with the CXC index and a lot of it came out around brand intent. So can you, can you focus a little more on the brand intent? So how can marketers improve their work if they know brand intent through their through their score? I think it has a twofold function. If I know, I mean, a lot of brands have hunches about, you know, what they value, their core values, their core purpose, all these different things that, that brands have created. But sometimes you do that in a slight vacuum. And you don't know if that's, first of all, legit, or more importantly, credible. Can I actually talk about these things yes. to a customer. A lot of cl clients make sometimes a false assumption like, oh, you know, I can talk about this. Well, you kind of can because you've never been there. Consumers don't see you as that. And if you go there, it might open up a whole other thing that you don't necessarily want to talk about. So for me, it's a gut check on your brand intent and where you're going. Is it credible? Is it legitimate? Is it going to help us drive trust? Because not only are you understanding what's important to customers. But when you put it out there, they're going to quickly tell you through their experience, whether it's right or not right for them. And, and you know, Nelson, we just had a conversation with a company that had grown through multiple mergers. They were very well known as one brand. Um, they have a separate brand that they put together and they're trying to find out, well, can I now speak to these audiences authentically? And they, and I think brands have a hard time believing, you know, consumers know you and they don't forget who you are, what you stood for, your original meta word, or, you know, you always, we all know what Volvo stands for, but as these companies have been merged and grouped or unwound, there is this piece of the consumer is not stupid anymore. And, and, you know, do you have permission to talk to me about this or not a chance, you know, and. And, and we all know what those hot button issues are, D&I, sustainability, because you know what? Consumers can Google you and say, oh, no, you actually are counter to that or you've actually worked against it. So it's very important that you are truthful, honest, and credible, because if you're not credible to your point in that space, and I don't see you speaking about that. Well, I think the example I was what another example is that when the banking industry wanted to get into financial services and investment advisory, you know, uh, ten years ago we wouldn't think of Bank of America as the place where we're going for our investment advisory, yeah. you know, and now we have mergers of Merrill with them and that sort of thing. So that it changed around, but they had to bring a brand that gave them credibility that you know what we can manage your money, not just do your banking per se. So. Um, Elliot, I'll back to you with questions, but I, you know, I do think this permission to speak and the CMO actually knowing, I think that's the key thing, knowing they can or cannot go there and not qualitatively guessing, but quantitatively knowing because the old research methodologies don't work. And I think from our own work, we do a lot of neuroscience work and we know the rational answer from the brain is not an authentic answer. And it is the subconscious answer. And I have to believe that the work that C-Space is doing is getting into that 
subconscious, authentic truth that the consumer doesn't always express in their rational answer to given questions. Exactly. I think that's a great way to kind of put it in terms of permission to speak. Can you speak there? Can you not speak there? I, I just think it's important to know. And I feel like this research and this approach enables you to gauge that better because you're doing it throughout an experience and not just kind of a top-down kind of push mechanism. So I'm, Elliot, if you don't mind, I'm going to go a little deeper, which is, Mm -hmm. so this is something a CMO would engage the firms, both of the firms, OPMG and C-Space, and probably guided through their research department to then establish the mission. What's the actual implementation look like? What would be the ask from the CMO? Hey, I'm looking to solve this. And how would that work a little bit? That's a great question. Um, I think it, it, I mean, it begins, I'm a researcher by trade. So unsurprisingly, it begins with research. I think, um, you know, you have to have a mandate and a, and a viable question, but I think those you've mentioned work great. And so it's essentially an assessment. So you'd need to pick your audience, right? Do you already know who your most of customers, most important customers are? Do you need to figure it out? Um, but you need to pick the audience you're most interested in. And then it's essentially a survey methodology. Uh, it's, it's important, though, to, to note that it's not just asking survey questions, although we have developed and validated our survey questions. It's always it's always better if you can dig into the qualitative with actual people to understand what people mean when they say, share my values, which values and to whom? Or, you know, yes, I do feel a sense of belonging, but how is that being created? Because it is those underlying things that uh, make it come to life and make it actionable for CMOs and other executives and, and insights people and product people that matter to actually develop the things and create the campaigns that are going to resonate as Nelson was describing. So the first piece is clearly this assessment piece and you get a, um, a score, you know, at the end of this, there's, we've sort of laddered up the CXC statements into five customer imperatives and you get a score for those. And those are kind of put together into an index score that you get. And that can be benchmarked against the C-Space database that we have. You know, it's not, um, it's seven years old, which seems like a long time, but actually it's, these are all new emerging things. The customer wasn't as important in the way it is now. People didn't see the customer the same way as they do now. So, um, but we do have it benchmarked across 18 different industries. There's I think as of now, over 120,000 consumers who have rated over a thousand brands and companies. So you've got that as a body of knowledge to start. Right. So you have high certainty on the outcome and comparison of benchmarks. Mm-hmm. And then someone has to do the insight translation and implementation recommendation. Nelson, does that then fall over to your side of the house where we're taking the, the outputs and then giving the CMO and their team, hey, here are here's what this we can do with this to help increase your result, your outcome, your efficiencies. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll probably be done a little bit more in collaboration with C-Space yeah. to just to make sure that nothing is lost in translation. Yeah. But exactly. And I think once the, the index is done and, and we have the, the actual research, so to speak, then the strategist at OPMG can take it, uh, shape it, shape the findings, shape the narrative to give uh, clients Kind of a kind of actions and steps that they can take to to make sure that there's a, a brand or a business lift that 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 goes with that. So, Elliot, I know I'm stepping all over your questions. I can't help myself. This is how we always do it. But I would love to hear at this part of the story is can you tell me who has tried it, used it, and succeeded with it, and what was the outcome? Give me the give me the gain. You know what happened? Who's done it, and what has been a great result that's going to pique the ears and interest of of our marketing audience. 
That's a great question. We used it in a number of industries, we used it in automotive and CPG, but probably the most recent example that comes to mind is a leading global QSR company, where it began, the initiative began with qualitative. So ethnography is going down um, to a bunch of different outlets that they had. The, the trick was really to try to figure out how to make a, um, a sort of a, a, a bespoke coffee experience within a QSR was the challenge, right? And how did that experience actually work with people and what was actually the parts were going to be and what was what was it delivering against uniquely compared to competitors? So we use the CXC methodology to do a competitive analysis, both of the QSR, our client and its key competitors to understand that niche that it was really feeding. And what we found is that it seemed boring at first, but that what was driving uh, driving customer visits was routine. And we thought it's coffee. So yeah, it actually is like a drug. It is a routine. And the most important thing you want is not to mess up the routine. And how do you get that into be, how do you get more people to adopt that routine and sort of like underscore that routine? And so it became an... Uh, you know, we actually use the CXC statements, which are quite emotional, as well as a bunch of operational, more typical customer experience measures. And we do modeling and driver analyses and stuff to get at what are those key things that really jump out. So the question was several series of driver analyses to get to what was driving routine. Um, and, and we were able to figure out what, what some of those things were in terms of, um, you know, just being reliable, but also more, more softer things. And we could use those those insights to then improve the experience and also measure uh, improvement on those experiences, um, you know, over time. And so it was a it's it's a pretty good application of it. And they're still using it today to make um, to refine and optimize that experience in, in various um, countries. Fantastic, fantastic, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for you know walking us through uh, the you know the approach and the output. So I just have kind of one closing question for you both, you know, as it's kind of January here, new year, new year, new year, new you, and we're looking ahead towards resolutions and all the kind of best practices and tips for the year. And my closing question is, as CMOs are looking ahead to the year to evolve and transform their organizations, uh, what are just to me one or two uh, recommendations you would give to help them advance their customer centricity maturity, as we're talking a lot about, as you get more mature, you, you unlock growth. So maybe what are some, maybe even some baby steps they could take to kind of go down this, this journey? A lot of companies, particularly mature companies, are information um, rich but insight poor. And I know that sounds like a little bit of a cliche. Great expression. But I, I think what what this thing is meant to do is uh, the CX index is bring it together in one way. You know, as a strategist, I've been doing this for a long time. Some, sometimes I need to use so many different freaking pieces to kind of bring it together. And sometimes it's it's hard to create, you know, legitimacy and credibility and believability. Can I really, really use this? And I think the great thing about this is it's one measure. It need, it gives you immediate action uh, that you can make actually quite small and not feel like you're boiling the ocean. And I feel like CMOs, you don't have to boil the ocean. You don't have to do it all. Do something small that's going to move you in the direction of customer centricity, whatever it might be. Pick pick the onboarding process, one step in the onboarding process and improve that to get you going versus thinking about the whole thing and it's all the pieces and all your audiences because that could be overwhelming for any of us. That's that's my thought. Start small, don't boil the ocean and go for it. It's it's yeah. a great it's a great thought, Manel. I'll come back to you, but I know we are taught in Omnicom University: don't boil the ocean. It's important to focus that energy. And again, we just came off another call where they were trying to boil the ocean, and and so less is more. 
as we know as marketers, clarity and simplicity is more. Yeah. And so putting all that energy against one step creates the next step. So I, I think that's a really great point. Narrowness of focus and outcome. Exactly. Now over to you, maybe a, a, a tip. Sure. Um, I guess I would, I endorse everything that um, Nelson said. And I think that this framework is a great course, way to always have to endorse what things. Nelson says. I know, right? It's hard not to. Um, but I guess I would take, I would take an internal look and see where are those customer touch points really happening in your organization. I think, you know, not only are we like, you know, information rich, but insights poor. I think we have, um, we, we talk a good game, but we don't always follow through. So I would actually do sort of an internal assessment to understand like where the customer really is coming alive for people. And you can actually use CXE to kind of understand how people feel close to their customers or not. And so you can figure out sort of not just where the opportunities are perhaps in the customer experience in the marketplace, but where are those opportunities internally to take this information, actually inspire people, right? Talking to customers, engaging with customers, seeing how your brand and your company are having a positive effect on customers is clearly linked in lots of research and employee engagement. And I think keeping people inspired, engaged, and really working for the customer is critical in this year as we go forward and kind of move on from whatever crazy place we have been in the last years. Yeah. More uncertainty. So Elliot, well, let's remind everyone where they can get some inf- more information about this podcast, and then I'll just close it out. Yeah. And the description to the chat, all your you know favorite streaming players will have some links to uh, C-Space and some of the tools that uh, Nelson and I'll talk through. So you kind of read on your own, as well as we'll have some pieces on currentagency.com backslash insights. So Manila and Nelson, thanks so much for your time today. And on behalf of on behalf Thank you. Of, you're so welcome. It's been a pleasure. I like, I, we love doing this and we love learning. We love sharing the learning out with marketers um, to what really is at the forefront and in innovations that they can undertake um, and, and actually change their business. And this is one of those tools that can make a big change that is a special offering coming from Omnicom, which I, which I love the most. So on behalf of Elliot and myself, I want to thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any other future episodes. And until next time, I'm Russell Kern. The Continuous Revenue Marketer has been brought to you by Kern, an Omnicom precision marketing agency that helps Fortune 500 companies increase revenue from customer acquisition to loyalty through personalization at speed and scale. For more information, please visit kernagency.com.